Would you care to step outside? What are you doing today? Superman. I'm sorry, honey. You are here. The lasso of Hastek compels me to reveal the truth. I'm Batman. Meow. Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Titans are back, bitches! What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of DC on RMD Titans Edition on Rain Man Digital. If you're listening from your desktop, you can find us on demand. Just hop out to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify and search DC on RMD. Download us, give us a review. It helps the show out tremendously. I'm your host, Steven. Got David in the studio with me tonight. Hello. And Michael. Yo. And so we're going to break down and discuss Season 2, Episode 10 of Titans, titled Fallen. Titans Tower comes under attack by Mercy Graves. Directed by Kevin Sullivan and written by Jamie Gorenberg. Um, kind of a weird description on this one because while yeah, that's a plot point, it's only one of what felt like fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> this episode, yes, that yeah. synapsis definitely doesn't encompass. No, and that's ripped straight from their website. So there's a sleight of hand there, I think. Um, yeah, but before we get into breaking it down, I did want to warn everyone. I wanted, I want to have a little quick discussion um, for ten, fifteen minutes. That's going to be full of spoilers and theories because we did not oh. get into something as deeply as I would have liked to because we we had a, we had an episode last week um, and there at the tail end. Um, oh, where we where we blew your mind? Yeah, David threw the big dick on the table. <laughs> Which, by the way, Dave, if you didn't re-listen to the show, I bleeped it out. You bleeped it out? Yeah, uh, no, I did notice that. I so, notice that. so we're going to take a spoilerific break here where we just talk spoilers so about 10 15 minutes or so check back in if you don't want to have your mind blown and and pick right back up these aren't based on things that we actually know it's just no. some speculation based on things that we know, know from comic <laughs> books and things yes. like that yeah all yeah, right well it was not in the episode so here we go um so slade in the chair david <laughs> you threw that out there have you right been thinking about this all week all fucking week hey that was me that said that Okay, okay. And then David confirmed it with his bullshit comic book spoiler. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And and I've been stewing on this all week. It blew my mind as I sat here with my jaw agape like a fool. David saw me. Um, I didn't even know how to process it. But, the you know, two two episodes back, was it three episodes? Whenever, whenever Jericho got stabbed by Slade, we talked about how how did Dick get home? You know, Dick got his ass whooped. Clearly, if I was Slade and I just stabbed my son, um, I would have I would have killed Dick right there on the spot. But Dick somehow got home and everything was wrapped up with a nice pretty bow tie. Yep. And we didn't we kind of glossed over it as an audience, I think. And and then reflecting back on it after this past episode with Slade in the chair. Michael threw out and David confirmed that uh, what if Jericho had ghosted out of his form and into Slade in that split second and stabbed Jericho, which was basically him stabbing himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's got to be a reason why they decided to show us. If there's no reason 
for him to use his power to where it's relevant in the show, then why did he have a power to begin with? Correct. And also when you think about it, the way they portrayed Slade in the very beginning was this very clean, very, you know, precise assassin, right? One of your favorite scenes in the very beginning of the season was seeing Slade at his best where he's killing all the people and he's doing it as Deathstroke would. But then suddenly he goes from that to a character that literally is brutal. Immediately shoots, shoots someone in the head. No questions asked. Mm -hmm. Fights very, very rough. And mm-hmm. we're talking when he fights Corey and, and Dick. You think there's scene. a difference in his fighting there's technique? There's a difference hmm. in his fighting style. And then you get to this, and then I'm, uh, that's why when Mike mentioned it, I was like, going, good, someone else is actually seeing the, the breadcrumbs that I know are there. So, yeah. so now that the breadcrumbs are out, um, I, I just, I'm, I'm still blown away at the thought that this might be where they're going with this. And it really makes sense because... When he's sitting in that chair, he still beat the shit. Um, you know, he's obviously in some physical pain because of, of battle, and he's looking pretty rough around the edges. But there's no way his wife would have <laughs> let him in the house, regardless, unless she knew that Jericho was inhabiting his body. Yeah, exactly. And she would have let her son in. And even the way she spoke in that scene... Um, if you're looking for forgiveness, you won't find it here, but maybe, you know, you can talk to him. Yes. I mean, it was subtle, but if you look back on it, you know what to look for. If you know what to look for, the little breadcrumbs are there. And like in regards to why Jericho would do it, imagine, okay, Jericho does not have, hold on. You do have to sell me on this. Okay. Because, because that's the only thing that I'm having a hard time understanding because i you you we saw a, a a boy who was innocent who just wanted to be liked well who loved his father he loved his mother he loved his friends and it, it i think it's a, a leap for him to be like yo it's okay I, i'm gonna be a titan and then he goes to visit his father and then now he's some evil dude that wants to pay you know teach everyone a lesson so i i i don't i don't want to interrupt no, david no, no. but i my hypothesis or I guess where I'm coming from and believing this situation is potentially possible mm-hmm. is that he found a group of people that took him under their wing. He really started to feel a part of a family of sorts. Yeah. Um, he he felt camaraderie. He felt loved or liked or and at least one of them, um, a complete stranger to him up to that point. Uh, could communicate to him with sign language. And so to to feel kind of alone, especially since Rose, who the fuck, where is she at, you know, in his life, this was a group of people that he could spend time with. They kind of treated him like a little brother. They treated him really well. And every single one of them was lying to him. Exactly. And even after everything fell to shit, then it wasn't just lying to him. They were using him and manipulating him to get to his father. Yeah. To to take out his father. So of course I could see why he would have that line in that episode uh in Slade's body that if you reform the Titans, I will kill every single one of them. Okay, yeah. so Steve, that all makes sense to me, but it's also a lot of assumption. So they would have to find a way to put that in 
to whatever subsequent episode if this is in fact what we're going to get. Yes. They're going to have to find a way to put that into the episode without mm-hmm. it feeling like exposition overload. And then on Do you top get what of- I'm saying? Because I feel like that they still you sold me on it and I do. I buy all of that. But it, there's a, 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 there's also a lot that we didn't see. Sure, so sure. I, I feel like in order for that to really be a hard or in order for that not to be a hard sell for the main for the rest of the audiences, it's going to have to be something that we can really look at and say, yeah, mm-hmm. like what happened afterwards? I think that's what we need to learn. What yeah. happened after, let's say he stabbed himself? What happened? What was the true aftermath? What did his life look like? Did he mm-hmm. go through something? If we learn about the aftermath of that of that yeah. scene, then suddenly there's more oomph to it and impact. And I'll be like, okay, I buy it. And I honestly don't think Jericho meant to do meant to take over his father's body. It was a it was an act of fi- of basically survival. You think like a reflexive action? It was a reflexive action. Because We're gonna look re- so stupid when it doesn't end up being that. Well, yeah, <laughs> but when you think about it, Jericho at that time has an incredible power. Yeah, it's very powerful, but he has no control over it. Well, it, it goes back to what they say: with great power comes, you know, great, <laughs> great responsibility. responsibility. Yeah, but like he has this amazing power, and then suddenly he's just thrust into the middle of this battle, gets stabbed, is dying. Reflexive action says, "I have to try to save myself." Mm-hmm. So his powers probably would would have kicked in. Yeah, and I very that. Similar- I can buy that, Dave. Um, the whole like, let's say it was accidental. Like, let's say he wasn't, you know, during a heightened sense of, uh, I don't know, like stress. Like he just ejected and went to his father. Yeah. Okay, I totally buy that. Because especially if you look at some of the editing choices in that episode, like yeah, right yeah, when yeah. he was jumping in the air, Slade. It, the camera or the editing, I should say, went blurry and then it went back into focus. Yes. So you don't do that type of editing unless you're trying to. Unless you're trying to invoke something. Exactly. And then also when you're when you're looking at other characters, how they uh, how they've been portraying all the characters up to this point as characters that some of them are extremely powerful, but have no control mm-hmm. and are just learning the ropes, how to use it. Mm-hmm. You see that with Raven. Look at Raven. Even Gar, honestly. Even Gar. They're they're very young. They have amazing powers, but they can't control them. And it usually it usually leads to You know what? That's very thematic. Yeah, it's it's a very with everything that we're seeing with these other characters, Connor, Gar, Raven, and Jericho. It would actually it actually would make sense, Dave. And, Look at you, Dave. And uh, on I'm top so of that, proud. Why would <laughs> the the one thing that a lot of people have asked me when I've we talked about Titans outside of this is like, well, why would Robin walk not do anything about it? Well, what is Robin supposed to do if he realizes that Jericho is inside of Slade permanently? He it sounds like a gay porno. At this it point. does. It does. If Jericho was inside of <laughs> but, Slade, what would he do? And. Well, Robin earlier you said evacuate. That. I'm no, like, no, no, Dick, no. Can't, Dick can't fix that. There's no way he can Dick, fix that. Dick, Dick can't fix it when Jericho's in Slade. Yeah, he can't <laughs> fix the, the ejaculation. I mean, the evacuation. evacuation. But, Jesus Christ. And that would probably explain why he just walked away. Yeah. Because what is he going to do? He can't do anything. So, I mean, not even Batman can solve that That you know, problem right yeah. there. All right, Steve, is there anything else that, um, I mean, I, I, 
I, I, I just thought we had to talk about it. And, mm-hmm. and Dave, you had gently alluded to it when we talked about it. Mike bleeped you that in the comics, <laughs> yes. um, this, this occurs. This occurs in one of the, one of the comics that is a retelling of the Titans where no. you find out that Jericho took over Slade's body. Okay. And so this is not, this isn't something. It's not. It's not new. It's, new it's okay. DC. Okay. This is a story. This is a story bit that's actually very that has been used before in DC history. Okay. And I can't recall. I know it's not part of the main DC universe right now, where Jericho is inhabiting uh, Slade's body. Mm-hmm. But I uh, I did verify that basically. Yeah, there was a storyline where as i alluded to a long time ago they've re uh, they they've like told this story of jericho different versions so many times okay, in yeah, Titans yeah. history well, yeah it's pretty common with comic books they it, just retell retell they retell 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 mm-hmm. yeah. and one of the retellings was jericho taking over slade's body okay all right so they're pulling from different pockets of information the only last thing i had and i don't remember if we ever um Threw it out there, hypothesized, or even questioned it. But Mike, I'm going to pose a question to you. Oh, okay. Is it is it considered rape if Jericho was to go inside of Dawn and <laughs> have her on him? Is that is that rape? Wait, hold on. Okay. Well, why are you going to me? I'm not the moral police. I'm the last person <laughs> or ethics police. Um, because you have the religious background. So I, I, okay. I, I need, I need somebody with a compass and here. I'm controlled by guilt. So <laughs> you know what? Well, let's see. Although that when you're riddled with guilt, that also says that you actually go ahead and do whatever you want and then you torment yourself afterwards. <laughs> so I might not be the best person to go to. Okay. So what was the question again? I, <laughs> so is, is it rape if Jericho was to inhabit Dawn mm-hmm. and have Dawn perform sexual acts on Jericho's body, lifeless body. Well, the, yes. okay, it would be wrong if he got hard. Can he get hard when he's not inside of his own body? Well, so body you basically you're saying he's well, giving himself a blowjob, sort of, maybe, or, or sex, whatever it may be. I mean, I think that just because you're mm. not in your body um, from a spiritual perspective, your body still has um, underlying processes that go on, like your heartbeat and your, and right. your breathing and things like that. And I Almost don't know like about someone you. in a coma in a vegetative state. Right. And I, I wake up with a heart on every morning and yeah. I'm not doing And you're anything. in a vegetative state. Thanks to your, no, it's, it's just, I, I had to, I had to throw that question your way, but is it, or do you think it's just, well, um, let's like see masturbation? Here. This is a good question. It's very philosophical. <laughs> now, because, Don, Don, right? Don is, yeah. is because yes. Don does not remember, nor do they recall what happened, right? So, from a spiritual sense, she's no longer there. It's not her. Her body has been taken over. So, it's not so much as rape. It's more like something less invasive. It's more like someone stealing a glove or using your glove. Stealing a glove that you have. Let's say you have a favorite pair of gardening gloves that you fit your hands in all the time and it does all the work. But when you're not in the glove, the glove just sits there and anyone can pick it up. So basically, Jericho's using a non-used glove. He's going inside of it and making it work for him. So it'd be okay if he were to, say, jump into Don or Corey. glove, if you will. And take off their clothes and just stare at them. (laughs) Yeah, because they're not there. 
though it's more like a gardening glove and not like a roofie. Y- yes. Yes, okay. yes Your Honor. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> You've been acquitted. The glove did not fit. No, it did not. <laughs> okay, so spoilers are over. Um, we can we can get back on course here for this episode. I I, I you know we talked about it a little bit before we we start tonight. Um, off off the air. This one was a weird one. It was tough, kind of putting notes together because it was all over the place. Um, a lot of things happened. I didn't dislike the things that happened. I was. I was entertained. I was I was watching it scene to scene and 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 really absorbing it and wanting it and 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 all that good stuff. But it was just all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it's very strange. I agree with you. And we we went on we went on and on about this before the show started today because this is a and I don't want to say traditional because then people will say, well, that's good. They're doing something different. This is not how you should write TV. I'll just say it right now. This is not the way you should write television and yet for some reason it still works for me from a critical standpoint i'm like this script is awful it's it feels like it's cut and paste it's like okay this scene i'm gonna put should have been over here in episode three this episode here or this sequence should have been in episode seven this sequence here should have been in episode five it's it's all over the place. It the pacing is off, and yet I still find myself grinning and enjoying the fuck out of the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> I, I I think it it says that they are they are putting together an entertaining um, piece of media that they know the fans will enjoy. Yes. And in bottom line, is that all that really matters? That is right. I think so. I think when you're plunking down. Seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine, whatever the price is uh-huh. per month, you expect to be entertained. And are you not entertained? <laughs> and not only that, entertained as a fan of DC. Yes, because I love it. I mean, that's the things the- that they did, the things that they did in this episode, only made you happy. Only yeah. made you really happy when you started realizing they're making these callbacks. These callbacks to you know. My favorite one was the Niles thing when Mercy mentions about Gar's connection to Niles Calder. Yeah, yeah. And then it gave me it gave me so much fun thinking about it because thinking back to Doom Patrol and my and Mike's discussion about Calder as a character and it made so much sense that yeah, Niles would work for Cadmus. and it explains why Niles would choose Gar because hey, Dave, it's Cadmus. Yeah, you, cad- you always throw, you always throw in like an additional syllable, and it throws me off. <laughs> Cadmus. Cadmus. But the but it also explains uh, that Gar, why Gar was chosen by Niles in the first place because Gar is that type of person that is very you can manipulate him. Yeah, he's yeah. very easy manipulated. But, and if you watch Doom Patrol, you realize that all the people, all the characters of Doom Patrol. They were easily manipulated by Niles. Yeah, and it's nice. It's nice to have that tie into the other, the world building world between building. between the other uh, shows. And, yeah. and we didn't obviously get an opportunity to have any world building with Swamp Thing, and and <laughs> and so that's unfortunate. But they weren't even able to build their own world. <laughs> correct. And so it, it's it was a nice call to that. Um, but at the heart of the episode for me, and I think probably for a lot of people, is just 
we get back into into Dick's world and and what he's paying that penance for what he thinks he did in lying to everyone, getting Jericho potentially um, killed, whatever. Um, at least that's how he views it. He was responsible for it, responsible for the team ultimately breaking up. Like he's just carrying loads of baggage and we find his ass getting seven years, no probation, <laughs> which I looked at that and I was like, shit, he pled guilty. Typically, if you have a good DA, you're probably going to get off a lot lighter than that. I mean, for fuck's sake, the guy was a detective, Yes, you know, for a law enforcement office and he got seven years, no probation. And all he did was beat up some, some TSA agents. TSA agents. Are you shitting me right now? Um, that was, that was just weird, but to get him behind bars, um, and having to live that prison life, you know, we've seen it time and time again in so many different shows where people get in there and, and then they have to, they have to deal with the hard life, you know? Yeah. Um, on the other side and, and we see that he, he's trying to stay fit. He's trying to keep his, his nose clean, not get involved in any of the drama, not get caught up with any of the gangs, any of that stuff. But then you got this flea looking motherfucker as the correctional <laughs> officer. I've, I had to go look it up cause I seriously thought it was flea. I mean, flea's pretty old now, but he pops in time to time. Um, Every now and then. As an actor and yeah. things, but it was like, do you, do you trust this guy? I mean, the guy trying to help you, he's trying to get you, uh, trying to get you over in this, uh, cell all by yourself. So you can kind of live a little bit of the Hilton life while behind bars and Dick doesn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. It felt very much, um, that he just wants to pay his price. I wouldn't tr- trust, uh, Cheddar Bob either though. I mean, he did shoot himself with his own gun. that's true that's stupid (laughs) but i do you guys forgot that was cheddar bob didn't you yeah i forgot but i was really happy that one of the concerns i know we brought up is like oh are they just trying to rehash what batman would have done right right and i'm really happy that just like what you said, they really stuck to their guns and said, no, this is about Dick's penance. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, there were some moments that and this goes right back to this show, just contradicting everything that I think is considered good writing. I mean, that the moment where he's praying to the, the Mexican bird. Is that I, a real thing? I, you know what? I don't know. I really don't know. But uh, thank you for being racist. Just assuming. <laughs> I, I have to ask. I don't know. Do I every, ask you if all white things are, are real and true? Well, they're not. They're all lies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that scene was super heavy handed. I'm going to play to the bird that comes yeah, out at night. At first, I'm, like, I'm like going, oh, oh God, this is so heavy handed. And yet I'm like, oh, fuck, he's going to come down in the night and save everybody. I get so fucking excited. And even in that moment, when it comes to cinematography, fucking symbolic as hell yeah. after their friend dies uh yeah. and he is kneeling down we have that overhead shot mm-hmm. and we have dick grayson laying down the bed on the left hand side of the frame and then we have that kid kneeling down to him, to him essentially praying i'm like holy fuck this is amazing artistry yeah the symbolism was was, was beautiful. really good yeah and and even as soon as he got done scratching that bird uh, um, hieroglyph into the wall, I mean it's right there. Yeah, it's right fucking there, there, people. It's there's your Nightwing. That's the Nightwing. He's getting his inspiration right from it. I mean, we, you know, we had theorized a few episodes back: is he going to take it from 
Connor in in lieu of Superman not having um, uh, an appearance because that's where it came from in the books was a combination of his inspiration from Superman and Batman. Nope, he's going to take it from some fictitious uh, Mexican <laughs> bird god. Yeah, and it, what was it, it called again? The Azul or something? Azul, isn't that water? It's as blue. Blue. Sorry, I, I don't Azul, speak Spanish. Azul bird. Bluebird. There you go. Oh, well, that's... We're <laughs> all trying to figure it out like it's some fucking deep, dark mythos. <laughs> Mythology. It's the blue bird. It's the blue bird. The, the blue bird from the night. Azul uh, something. It was, But yeah, it, basically the bird. Yeah, the blue bird. And the but, thing that I really liked was the fact that they're introducing something that's different because... And even in the comics, it's never really explained why he chose the mantle of Nightwing. It, it isn't really. I thought no. Did he's he's just Superman, in, in the books, Superman gave him the, the name. Books, in the books, it, it absolutely is. It's in. It's actually referenced in the Judas contract. He says he says that it's um, because he was inspired by Batman, the, the elements of Batman and the Night, and yeah. the inspiration and hope of Superman, which is where the wings come oh, from. Come and from. it's Nightwing. So but they did something different here by actually giving it. David, know, you just you just lost a little it. bit of comic book cred, Dave. I'm just gonna call you out on it. <laughs> just call me out on it. Well, <laughs> the thing hey, is, he brought us Jericho inhabiting <laughs> other people. Other people. That's that's pretty good. It's okay, Dave. Not everyone's perfect. This is your first fuck up. It's all right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I am not the almighty geek god of comic book knowledge. You had us full, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna have to earn it back. I'm the Kaiser Sose of like comic book knowledge. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but like. The thing I really appreciated was they gave it like kind of almost like a sense of realism mm-hmm. to his origin. Yeah. Because like, okay. Well, this goes right back to the show where it's kind of the show, it, it, everything on the DCU, as silly as this gonna, is going to sound, the DC universe, as silly as this is going to sound, is grounded. Even Doom Patrol, yeah. despite its crazy lunacy, it's grounded, it's grounded because of the people and the personal stories. Everything on this, in this, in this universe is for the most part very grounded. It's well, not CW like, oh, right. I have a colorful suit just because <laughs> you have to fight bad guys now. I want Flash to have that voice because that's about how it is right now. <laughs> that's how it is. Um, I can do the commentary for you if you'd like. Oh, I love it. Um, I appreciate that it went the way that it did for um, Dick to to have to decide, you know, am I going to help these guys? He even forewarned them. Like, you're, you're fucked. Don't do this. <laughs> Don't like, do this. You're stupid if you do this. But then it makes you wonder, um, He's he got out of that jail cell. How? <laughs> How did he get out? And get all the way out Magic. there. He's trained by Batman. He's, I hear you. <laughs> He's the Azul bird. <laughs> that, I hear you. But but it was great when he finally got out there because we saw this um, early on in the season when he gets those nightsticks and just is flinging that just shit. beating the crap out of them. Oh, I want it. I, just, I can't wait for him to get his scream of sticks and just start beating ass in the costume. I cannot wait. Well, the cool thing about that fight scene, too, is they alluded to who he becomes. I mean, they, they showed the scream of, they, they showed a with fight the with the nightsticks. Yeah. And then when he takes the, I don't know what he flung. And it bounces off it the bounces dude. It bounces off the dude and then hits the door. And I'm like, like, 
That's, yeah. that's Nightwing. Yeah, and even when he, he goes after that one cop and does like that roll over him and flips. I mean, dude, that stuff was straight like out of the Arkham games. It yeah. seriously is when you're fighting as, as, as Robin or Nightwing, that's what it's like. The, the only question that I have after everything we saw is how is he going to get out of this? Because, okay, he didn't go with them. Mm-mm. And... Me and me and Mike uh, talked about it before we started recording, but if he were to go with them, it'd be kind of like an eye roll moment. Instead, he's still in that prison. So now the question becomes, how does he get out? Is we we've alluded to it? Does, is this where Bat, where Bruce comes in and says, "Hey, I'm Bruce fucking Wayne"? <laughs> Maybe, but I feel that because they spent the time that they did spend with the guard. I think there's going to be something there that comes back with that guard. Cheddar Bob. Yeah. Some, something is going to happen there. That's what I believe. He's going to somehow work with him to get out. Because he's not quite dislikable, right? The guard. Correct. The guard. Like, because yeah. usually they lay it on thick when you have that mm-hmm. guard that you're supposed to hate and you're not quite sure how you should feel with him. Right. And if this show has, like, if this was the CW, which is always going to be our go-to for shittiness, <laughs> if this was the CW and they don't bother developing things and getting you ready, then I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, we're going to get that. But this show has been really, uh, they've done a really good job um, making sure these characters are believable when they take a certain action. Holy shit. That is cheddar Bob. <laughs> yeah. I told you that he yeah. shot himself with his own gun. Oh my gosh. But would it, would it take away from you guys? This is a question that I, I, uh, I wanted to, since Mike brought it up before the show, I want it really actually stuck in my head. Would it take away from Dick's story mm-hmm. so far? If Bruce were to come in and just bail him out. Yeah, it would. You can't have him you, do that. You can't have him. He has to He has to deal with the situation he created himself. Turning to Batman or Batman coming in to save the day ruins that growth as a character. Yeah. I, I, could, I could see that. The, the, I think the only th- reason why, it, for me, it makes sense because I'm like going... What is Bruce doing? He yeah. kn- he obviously knows where Dick is. Totally makes sense. <laughs> Most right? of us know where Dick is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, totally makes sense, and I agree with with what you're saying. I some just of think, us can't see it, but some I mean, of us can't see but, it. But um, his turtle head. Um, it, it just I, I think he has to go through this trial of fire himself. Yeah, and come out the other side, and then I think the fact that he already has an inkling of that, and that he helped these two guys. Um, he didn't have to help him. He could have let him get off, but that's not in Dick's character. Dick, at the end of the day, still wants, he has a moral compass. He still wants to do the right thing. And so I think he's going to have to go through this. He might have to take some beatings a few more times in, in, in the yard, but I th- I think he has to do this in my, order to. My only concern about that is we have three episodes left. We got three episodes left. But, but they do cover ground when they want to. That's true. So it's making me nervous too, Dave, <laughs> especially, you know, with the fact that we've just been so jaded with a lot of these DC TV properties <laughs> and we're just like, we're waiting for something bad to happen. And that sucks. Yeah. It's but nice, this it? show yeah. has managed to 
cover a lot of ground very quickly. So I'm not nervous yet. I might be nervous if I don't see where all of this is going by the end of the next episode. Then I will come here next week and say, all right, I'm getting fucking nervous mm-hmm. because we still have. Uh, we have Cadmus, we have Dawn and Themyscira, whoever was trying to kill her friend. I we, think that storyline's dead at this point. What the fuck was it here for then? I, yeah. I know, I know. Corey, we still have Corey and Blackfire. A lot there with Corey and and, and yeah. Raven, Hank and Dove and, and oh, Raven after this episode, absolutely Gar. Raven. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot. Let's let's take a quick break and then we'll cover the 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 other things real quickly of the other <laughs> crazy <laughs> shit, shit going on. Yeah. All right, guys, the Bat Cave. It's getting dark in here. <laughs> we need some lights strung up. Some security lights, some security measures. Um, we need your help. We need you to get out to Patreon and donate a dollar. Just one buck can buy one LED and power it for months. Just just go out there. If we can get 100 subscribers by the end of the year, we can keep the Batcave up and running. Everything on the up and up. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Rainman Digital and pledge a few bucks today and we'll keep doing what we do and talking about all this cool stuff on the DCU and the CW and all the shows that you enjoy. All right. The rest of the nonsense. <laughs> so Raven did that stuff in the car with Donna last week and we saw what that kind of led to, sort of. She went to what appears to be a homeless shelter. She clearly is just kind of like, you know what? I don't have a home. The family that I went to, they are fucked up. My real family's fucked up. I'm just going to go to a homeless shelter. And it's <laughs> it, okay. That That's a choice. Um, and then meets just some random, which... I'm happy that she went and helped this person because it's obviously in her nature to do. And, and she's starting to see, we're starting to see her come into her own and discover her powers and learn that she could use them for, as a force for good. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. And, (laughs) but then that opens up a whole new plot line again of like, okay, now who's this whole group of these kids living in this slum house now we have to go down this alleyway of storyline. Yeah, it's, I, it's really weird. It's really I don't know. weird. But it's not just it's not just the fact that they open up a whole other storyline or potentially another story arc, but also Raven's characterization was way off this episode. She's smirking. She's smiling. Yeah, the smirking it, bothered me. It's very strange. Now, if this is not her any longer because she's willingly doing bad things, it seems like. Like with the gargoyle, she yes. seems like she's aware of what she's doing. I don't know if the gargoyle, though, and that's why I have to I have to question um, if she's fully in control. She was in control slapping that dude up against the wall, which looked cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. The special effects were or visual effects were, were great. Loved it. But when that little bit of oozy stuff goes up and slaps oh, wow. into the gargoyle and takes off. I don't think she was in control of that. Okay, so she may not be in control, but still, the only way her characterization isn't just completely off is if something is slowly taking her over. If maybe she's no longer quite herself. I I think think that's it. I think that's it. Because she was very, she was not acting herself. No, she wasn't, and and I I'm glad you you pointed out the smirk because I saw that too when the girl was like, "You're amazing" or "You're awesome" or whatever the hell she said. 
even when she was look, eating with her. It's just, yeah, it's not her. That's not the Raven we've come well, to yeah. know. It's the, very off. The only thing that I, 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 I looked at that scene and thought, you know what? She doesn't know anybody. She's going to have to break down a, a wall with someone. And, and what better way to do that is to break the ice, to, to tell a joke, right? Just, just to get someone to open up. And that's how I looked at that particular scene. I wasn't bothered by that one. I was bothered by the smirk on her face when the power, when she was using her power. Yes. Because like the one question that I liked that they kind of brought it up in this episode when it came to Raven is the thing that was implanted in her forehead. Mm -hmm. That was a piece of Trigon. Mm -hmm. So, but after the whole Trigon thing, no one ever brought it up. No one ever brought it up. And then this episode, just like what you guys said, she was acting different. Yeah. And the last time we saw her was what she did to Donna in the in the uh, cab. And, and what's great about that is now Donna is is maybe starting to show some purpose in the whole thing. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> and if she was like a mighty foxy, I might add. Holy hell. Who? Uh, Donna. Oh, dude, she's everyone's mm. getting even that one chick this week. I didn't know she was. She's attractive too. Mercy, Mercy. yes. Dude. When did this happen, dude? Those are the dude. best type. The incognito hotties. Oh my goodness! When she, I didn't even know who she was when she had her hair down with all the kids. I'm like, oh, you are hot. Yeah, with who that, are you? With that sexy British accent, oh my gets me Lord. every time. Those are the best women. The ones who are undercover hotties. Undercover hotties. Undercover hotties when her hair was down and then suddenly I see her completely different. Now in every scene after that, I'm like, you're hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sexy. You want to kill guard. That's hot. That's hot. <laughs> but, but you know, now Donna's on the case. Donna Donna knows something is amiss and Donna's oh, yeah. open it all out. And she's zeroing in on Raven. Yeah. And who better, honestly, to deal with that particular storyline than a god? I hope Donna puts her down. Like, let's just get fucking rid of Rafe at this point. <laughs> it's just with the the lasso, just choke her out? Yeah. That's it. Wow. Wow. No, I'm just joking. I like Raven. I'm just kind of frustrated with the story arc. I, I, I am too, particularly in regards to Raven. Because, like... That's what I just said, right? The, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> since the first season, the first season was all about her. Yeah. And then we get to this abrupt, quote, quote, ending to her story... But now we're seeing that basically the story's not finished. It's yet. almost like Redux. Yes. Raven's issues Redux. Yeah. Isn't this what happened last season? She was not in control it of it. And and now she is voicing these thoughts, though, as of what, two or three episodes ago, that it's, it's something different. I'm like, but we don't really see that it's something different. It's literally the same power. Uh, we're just going off solely on what you're saying. We don't we haven't seen anything different. We still see this nefarious entity of sorts taking control of you that's the same thing as last year as last year yeah and that is why it's i i have to this is one of the things about season two that i i find very frustrating yeah is the raven storyline because is there anything else you can tell us about like okay what's wrong with her but then we only just get like these little five minute snippets of like her using her powers and they basically blowing out of proportion mm -hmm. you know especially i still say the one that was really disturbing was when she killed rose when she just basically oh, yeah, broke yeah, yeah. her into pieces that right. was insane but and, then and, nothing else and maybe 
what we need while these characters are all going through their rebuilding moments is, um, you know, Raven has to deal with the Trigon issue again yeah. in, in another season, perhaps, and then the team has to band together to truly take on that threat, potentially. I don't know. It just... It's one of those things where you almost want them to shit or get off the pot, you yeah. know? Yeah. Because, like, at this point, I'm, like, going, okay, who's the at, who's the really big bad? It's at, either Cadmus. Episode 10. I, yeah. I don't think we have one. We, yeah, we talked it's about like this last I said week. last week. I don't, yeah. I don't think we have one. I think it's it's solely substan- um, circumstantial. Yeah. It's circumstantial. Yeah, it's just scenario-based. Yeah, it's not overarching. It's just little pockets. And I don't know if that's a good way to write a show. But at the same time, this is why this show is a fucking enigma to me. Like it's I don't understand why I like it because everything I'm looking at isn't done properly. It's, it's breaking all the rules. It's 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 really and not is. in a good way because there may be some people out there well, saying, "Well, that's good to break the rules." Well, l- hold on. The one thing that they are doing that is good, crypto. No, I love him. I love crypto. I I've mean, always loved crypto. Mike, Mike you said it. <laughs> I'm, when, a, I'm a new believer. I, I, I'm with Mike. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I he guys. and I both came into this thinking it was dumber than hell to bring in crypto. And Mike nailed it before the show. Him jumping up on that camera, I had, it's not what I expected. Yeah. I felt really bad for him. When Connor yelled at him yeah. and told him, I was to like, go. "Stupid potty mouth." Yeah, it's like <laughs> I was upset. Like, don't say that. Or There's... even, or even when he was wrapped in the net, you almost like, "Oh, yeah. oh God, yeah, no, poor person." <laughs> <Poor puppers. laughs> but, but then when he's jumping up all, all with the the door, pushing the doorbell with his nose. God, I love that dog. Yeah, yeah, I and, love it, and I love the fact that they they know how to use that character yeah. and still make him look look dangerous to some degree especially when he pushed he literally killed one of the cards yeah (laughs) you know what at this rate guys i'm thinking we just need a crypto (laughs) spinoff i'd be totally down for that i'd be down for it i'm a little frustrated with connor uh his story arc because the more i reflect on it while i'm really glad that they brought him in i didn't think it would work the frustrating thing to me is and maybe we don't need all the exposition and, and, and backstory, but again, he was a clone and suddenly he has a full diverse language, but it seems that and he knows so much for somebody that's never been taught anything. Um, but and also then, he seems to have like some type of genetic memory though. Yeah, that's, that's bullshit. It, okay. Science, Steve. <laughs> I know it hurts science your science. Steve. I know it hurts your science brain. It hurts so but hard. It is. This is comic book science though. Oh, it's comic oh book it's, science. It, uh, Mike. Did you hear that? It's comic book. Yeah, science. It's comic book science. <laughs> okay. Because come on. Hey, listen, you if know what? Works as long in as the comics, let it be. I'm okay. <laughs> as long as they don't become lazy so establish your science and then that's fine don't be like the flash where yeah. every week you have a new way to describe your third grade science that makes no sense it's mm-hmm. special ed third grade science <laughs> yeah it's retard third grade science i'll just say it <laughs> hey guys this week we're gonna write on a whiteboard and explain something that makes no fucking sense because i there was one scene that made me that's it's this, it's the moment where I quit watching Flash, and I believe it was in season three, where they were trying to no it was season two, the ending of season two, 
and they're trying to explain something on the whiteboard. And I did not understand what they were saying. So I muted the television. <laughs> did you do the same thing in Goodwill Hunting? And the hunting? whiteboard made no sense. I'm like, dude, you're literally scribbling. There's nothing, nothing here makes any sense to what you're saying. That, that's what Mike did with Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, he, he muted it and said, I know this thing that this guy's writing this wall makes sense. I do that to my girlfriends too. Uh, I mute them. You don't make any sense. <laughs> so stupid. Oh my god. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm. Mercy coming out of the left field. There, I wasn't expecting it. Other than you know, we saw the 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 undercover hottie. Oh my god. The uh, screenshot and the the description coming into the episode. So you know, okay, Mercy. You know, she's coming back. But yeah, from. From last episode before that was released, it, you would not have seen that coming as a thing. And so it's kind of weird. I mean, you, you have to suspect that Cadmus is going to come back and try to collect 13 um, because they made him and they want to get him back. He's he's an yeah, asset. He's right? an asset. But and they don't want him. They don't want to upset the boss. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to upset the boss. But then you get him back, um, and and I guess it makes sense to drive yet another plot point forward because they're basically going to manipulate. I mean, she manipulated the hell out of Connor, and now she's going to do it again with Gar and have him lead her back to the Titans. And if she can get the Titans to all come back, now now she can get more of them potentially, or take them, them down, control them. But maybe, um, maybe that's where Slade, Slade, Jericho, whatever, has to come in and save the day. Maybe they that to- that could be the, the that could be the 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 linchpin to all of that because I do like how they portrayed Mercy so far in this series. Mm-hmm. He, I'd let her manipulate me. Oh yeah, yeah. And when you think about it, a person who's the assistant to one of the most brilliant villains in the DC universe. It would make sense that she's like this. Oh yeah, because she's she's learning from him. Yeah, <laughs> so, I learned it from you, Lex. <laughs> oh man, she's so so sexy. There's way too many hot people on the show. I, I'm I, that's why I'm glad they balanced it out this week with the introduction of uh, Raven's new friend. I'm like, thank you. I just <laughs> wow. I'm, make me believe. Yeah, th- thank you. Wow. I'm, what? This is a review show. We're reviewing. We're reviewing the women <laughs> and the men. Is guard like it was better grounded. looking this year? I'll go to the men too. He's a good looking dude, right? Yeah, he's a, he, yeah he's I a don't think he dude. ever wasn't. I mean, he's a good looking dude. He was average, I think, last season, and something happened this season where he's a good looking dude. Maybe it's his hair; it's different. Yeah. I don't know what it is. There but. was a shot in particular where it was clear that he was wearing um, a wig, and that was not his natural hair. You yeah. can see the hairline. Same with Raven. You can see it in her from certain shots. Um, oh, I guess we are reviewing people now. Yeah. Well, in that, well and, uh, reviewing costumes. Well, Raven also gained about 10 pounds this season. If you look at her hippo area. Wow. <laughs> can you call it hippo area? Hippo? Is that like hippo? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Dude, she's like 16. Cut no, her she's like 20. No. Is she? Yes. Yeah, she's 20. I cut her some stuff. Don't get me wrong. She's very, I think she's actually really pretty too. Everyone is yeah. attractive in this show. Except well, for the new friend. Except for the new friend at yeah. the, at and the, the soup And to be fair, the gorgoyle as well. So, but, but the new friend helps ground the series. Yeah, it makes it more believable. believable. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> okay. David. More realistic. Well, I mean, Mercy's wife was, was not attractive. That's true. She was. Yeah, Mercy would never be with that. No, she, I don't come think on. She, she can do would. a thousand times better. 
I think, well, you know, but there's something to be said that if you surround yourself with, with lower stock, it raises your stock your stock, up. yeah. Hmm. And that would you know? explain because Mercy is that type of person. It, it really does. <laughs> oh, she can hang out with me then. I'm lower stock. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. So let's get into our final thoughts here. Um, Mike, you go first. Besides, besides Raven's oh, okay. waist size. Right. Nipple. <laughs> or hipple area. Hipple area. Um, I enjoyed the episode quite a bit. There is, there are moments every episode this season that makes you almost jump up and like kind of clap. Like, oh, that's awesome. That's cool. And I feel like such a geek, but if writers and directors can create that type of emotion, that I, you can't say it's bad. I agree. But it's, it's but, entertaining. It's awesome. Just even though sometimes you see it coming from a mile away, it's still fantastic. And my jaw drops whenever they do stuff. Whenever Dick Grayson kicks ass, I'm just every time I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. The way they capture it, the camera blocking, the stunt work, uh, the actor that plays Dick Grayson, Brenton. Waits, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. Just good. Everything about the show, for the most part, is good, except for some of the questionable formatting of the writing and the overall season story. It, it feels like it's cut and paste. It feels like they purposely took things from different episodes and mixed it up. Yeah, the pacing is it's, really off. It's almost as if, you know, they had the index cards on the wall with all their scenes for every episode. And then they asked the PA to put the index cards away in the appropriate spot. And he dropped them <laughs> and he's, Oh shit. Oh shit. What do I do? And he just put them in the wrong order, hoping no one noticed. And apparently no one noticed. But so outside so of you, that, I mean, it's a good episode. It, fucking hate saying that so do you blame the showrunner do you blame the uh the uh editor or do you blame the writing or do you blame the pa well many times the showrunner's in the editing room and he does have for the most part have say on the final cut it's the showrunner always comes down to the showrunner always so what so what will you give this episode I'm so torn. It's so hard. This might be the toughest episode to grade. I I agree with that 100%. I'm going to give it, oh, Jesus, I got to be fair. I can't be a fan. I'm going to give it a 67. Okay. I was going to have to call you out for a second there because you're always on my case about yeah. nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it, uh, you're, you're teetering dangerously close to a line. <laughs> because the fan in me wants to give this like an 89. I know. I know. But it's it's not, though. Yeah. David, what about you? Well, now as a fan, I basically give this a 99. No. no, no, no. <laughs> David, if you ever do anything like that again, I will fire you immediately. <laughs> no, I, I have to seriously... The, the same issues that I that Mike pointed out is the same issues that I have. Is this a really entertaining episode? Yes, it's still entertaining, but I give that entertainment score to the series as a whole. Mm. Episode-wise, I try to tell myself that basically, well, maybe they're the, the, the writer, because Mike blames, uh, Mike blames the showrunner. I think it falls on writing. And because- the showrunner is the writer. He's the head writer, Dave. 
You should. You know this. Maybe. Maybe, maybe that's not how it's structured. That's the thing. That, no, it is. The I'm, showrunner is the end that, all. I know the showrunner has final say. And you think he's just like uh, giving these people like liberty? Like I think that, like, that's hey, what I you think. know what he's being overly liberal with control. Like you know what I assigned the this writer to the script and I don't want to cut their feet out from under them so we're going to produce it as is i think uh, i do think that some showrunners do this and, and that's a poor that, showrunner that's, that's not how it's, i know a showrunner personally that will rewrite every single episode but then still give his writers credit if the episode isn't how it should be before it's produced he will not let it get into the hands of the production crew hmm. yeah but that's the showrunner's <sighs> responsibility He's the manager and the leader and the head writer. He it's no different than a grocery store. Let's say let's make this very easy. Okay. okay. It's no different. Now forget the grocery store. The manager at a Fortune 500 company. Is he going to the CEO? Is he going to let his peons just do little things here and there that's causing the company to lose money? Or is he going to do his job? I think you should go back to the other analogy. Because- okay, grocery store. <laughs> they do. Uh, the grocery store. Let's go back to the grocery store. If a general manager is in charge of that grocery store, is he just going to let his employees do whatever they want? Like, let's say you have to walk people out with the groceries. Let's say this is 1950s. And they're just not doing their job. But It's the manager's job to make sure that business is run appropriately and, and i can appreciate that i i worked at a grocery store through high school and yeah, my so manager she she ran with an iron fist and she was good at it and i get that i get the i get what you're saying about the analogy about the manager and the showrunner being the manager but also when do, when is it that basically the showrunner can only do so much from what he's given because what happens if that writing team, they're all giving but, him different ideas. But I think what Mike's saying is is the 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 showrunner is like the head coach of a football team. And you're going to have a, an offensive coach and a defensive coach. And it's his responsibility as the head coach to, to make sure that, to bring it all together. And if the, if the offensive coach is off in the weeds doing something else, then who's ultimately responsible right. for allowing that to happen? Now, if you have the manager of the football team not allowing the coach to do his job like then, yeah warner brothers right like warner so brothers. if you have that issue here let's say the executive producer is pulling way too much um weight around his weight because he does have some things that he can say T- typically executive producers will let the showrunner do his thing because it's not their show but mm-hmm. they are in charge of the overall production of everything not just the writing right so you may have a scenario like that. So I'm not saying it's the showrunner's fault per se, only if the executive producer is getting in the way. But that's, if the executive producer is not, then it's that motherfucker's fault. And we know that that's what happened on Swamp Thing. And we know that that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And OK, with that clarification, then I can understand. Um, but you're still giving it a 99. <laughs> no, he's no, not. I'm not going to give it a 99. <laughs> I will throw something. At I have to be actually honest and say, even with all the bonuses and all the things that I did like. I liked the little nods and I liked the little choices cre- creatively what they did in this episode. It's that pacing just breaks my brain mm. as a writer. Mm. And I have to honestly if I were looking at this I have to give it a 69. 
I was going to do it too, but because of Mercy Graves. Oh, oh. <laughs> but no. it doesn't have Anna Diop, so I can't do that for. Oh yeah. Oh, eight the two of them together. Oh, like, when they go face like an, to face, I could be like an Oreo. Yeah. <laughs> be like a triple sixty nine. Can you oh, do that? Corey versus sure. Mercy Graves. Oh, that'd be a, a wonderful yeah. catfight. Mm. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. That's what I was going to score. It David it was a sixty nine for real though. Um, I can't go above that because the pacing is what bothered me. We've we've called out the pacing several times in the past, especially at the beginning of the season. And then it felt like it caught its stride, but it's, it's just starting to get disjointed. And like I said earlier, it was a real struggle to put together notes on this one because there was so much going on, but it was hard to collate some key themes. Like we have in the last several episodes, it was very clear what the themes of the episodes were and the symbolism and and messaging that they were trying to get across and it wasn't as clear in this one to me as it had been in in episodes prior and think of the things that they've left out because that's the also the other thing that really does bother me is we get to this episode they don't cover anything about that death stroke scene anymore no and that was that felt like that was going to lead to something huge you don't just basically say oh okay we've done it and now we we forget about it. Two of your characters are AWOL right now, and Jason, who was supposed to be really important. Everybody thinks they're Rose. everyone thinks they're the Walking Dead now. Yeah, because so, Walking Dead started that bullshit where it's like, hey yeah. guys, we're going to introduce a character and a scenario, yeah. and then we're going to go back to it in seven episodes. Yeah, yeah. I was okay with Honk. A uh, Honk. Who? Who is? Is this the second time you've called? Yeah, I have. Because <laughs> I want to say Hawk and Dove is one thing, and it just comes out as uh, uh, Honk. <laughs> um, also, uh, that stupid untitled Goose Game. Um, no, I, I was okay with them not being covered because they s- clearly had a split. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's okay, I think, to give them a hot minute to to not be covered. But then again, Hank is clearly going down a dark path. So by yeah. the time we catch him next, is it going to be like Requiem for a Dream, you know, uh, Hank style? But to your point, David, we have uh, Jason and Rose now We for two full episodes almost. What are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> so we need to know, we need to know what's going on. Like we better, we better yeah. get into next week's episode and we better have something that pulls Jason back in the foray or maybe, um, maybe he ultimately has to go back to Bruce and say, Hey Bruce, something's amiss. I don't know, but we we can't stay away from some of those characters for too much longer. Anyways, guys, that is going to do it for this week's episode of DC on RMD Titans Edition. As always, go check us out on Stitcher, Spotify, all those good things for any of our past and future episodes or check us out on DC on RMD.com. Also check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, DC on RMD on all those platforms and we will check you out next time. Mother of God! Would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. 